Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey there, producer Dennis here, and welcome to What Else Was News, a Ben Jarofsky show we can review. Remember, we will be live with a brand new Ben Jarofsky show Tuesday, March 10th, 1 until 3 p.m. live streaming at both the Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader website. The show is posted at the top of both pages, chicago.suntimes.com and chicagoreader.com. And all of our previous shows are posted at that same site for you to download. Once again, chicago.suntimes.com, chicagoreader.com. This week, it's the question we'll more than likely be asking all this month in the city of Chicago, Lightfoot or Preckwinkle. Who will you vote for in the 2019 Chicago mayoral runoff? Now, we were lucky enough to have two guests in studio this week, both aldermen, but each supports the other candidate, one for Tony Preckwinkle and the other for Lori Lightfoot. The Chicago mayoral runoff is Tuesday, April 2nd. It's the Cook County Board President, Tony Preckwinkle, squaring off against former prosecutor and former Chicago Police Board President, Lori Lightfoot. We'll begin our show with a 32nd Ward Alderman, Scott Wagaspack, on why he is supporting Lori Lightfoot. Benny J, take it away. Scott Wags back in the studio with Ryan Kelly. Scott Wags back, of course. Alderman from the 32nd Ward. And today's Bright One, my beloved Bright One, home delivered as always, had an article in it uh, by, I think, Franz Billman wrote it. Uh, let me get to the article. I can't find it now. Anyway, it, um, the essential point of the article is that Scott Wags back, the Alderman of the uh, 32nd Ward, cut a deal. Uh, cut a deal. Yes, indeed. Franz Billman wrote it. Cut a deal with uh, Lori Lightfoot and swapped. Uh, his endorsement for her for a pledge from Lori Lightfoot that she would use her powers uh, to make uh, Scott the chair of the finance committee. Scott, uh, your response to that story? Just plain false. I mean, I you know, I came out and supported Lori. I think that upset a lot of people. Um, there was no deal cut there. Um, and I think if you talk to a lot of people who've known me in the council for many years, they know I don't do that kind of thing. And... Um, you know, I've just, uh, I, I think I had a part-time worker who got a little overzealous, um, and I took care of it immediately. I basically said, you don't get to speak for me. You don't speak for Lori. Um, they took it the wrong way, but I had to basically fire him from political work as mm. it was. This is a young man to put on his Facebook page. Yeah, and I just sent him a message that, uh, you know, I, I appreciate what you've done, but, uh, you know, working, but um, you can't make those kind of comments, and I'd very quickly put him in his place. And that said, would you like the gig? Would you like to be financed? Well, as the Sun-Times says, yes. Um, you know, several aldermen put my name out there a few weeks ago to um, potentially take that over. And the way I look at it is um, there would be stark contrasts if I were asked to do it between the way Ed Burke's done it and the way I've done it um, and everything from the workers' comp program to Rule 14s and how we approach. All right, uh, let's talk about some of the differences. First of all, uh, Rule 14, just explain to people what Rule 14 is. So any elected official that has a financial interest in any kind of vote, whether it's a bond deal, a program, has to uh, basically disclose that they have a financial interest and then you're not allowed to vote on it. Mm -hmm. Um, What Ed Burke... Uh, did was had several hundred just in the last few years, <laughs> several hundred, which yeah. means 
uh, we didn't yeah. know we didn't know what those financial interests were. Yeah. And you, what we don't want to have happen is aldermen working against the interests of the taxpayer and um, benefiting in some way from that without people knowing exactly what they're doing and the depth of what they're doing. Well, this is one of my uh, gripes, not just uh, aldermen, but uh, any investor in a city deal. Follow me on what I'm about to say. For So, for instance, right now, Lincoln Yards is about to go, about to go down. I believe the zoning committee uh, of the city council e- either about to approve it or will approve it. We don't know who the investors are behind the um, Sterling Bay deal. We know that Sterling Bay is the lead developer. We don't know who the investors are. Parking meter deal. Parking meter. Same, same thing. You were one of the five. You and Tony. Let's give her a shout out. Yeah. Tony and you and she did. Uh, three other uh, aldermen in 2009, was it? Or 2008? It was 2008, 2008. December, but it rolled into 2009. Uh, voted uh, against it. And that directly affected us, by the way. Um, we used to rebuild the parking meters. We had a classification parking meter machinist, so we would rebuild all the parking meters. And when that got privatized, those guys lost, lost their, their jobs. And, it, and wow. you know what? The, the great uh, thing about that <laughs> was the mayor was arguing at the time, or his people were arguing, that we don't know how to do those new machines. Yeah. Ryan's guys could have been building no, those new I, machines. It was, it was the most absurd thing ever. Yeah. Well, that, and, we can learn and, anything with the right training. So, I mean, um, we have people at the CTA, for example, that, you know, uh, rebuild. They work on the venture systems and all the pay, electronic payment systems. Yeah. So, I, I think that's unfounded. And we, and we lost $100 million a year in appropriate revenue that mm-hmm. could have gone into these pension payments. All right. And the point I was going to make, we also don't, don't even really know right now who owns yeah. the meters. I mean, it, it, that's a shifting. Yeah. Well, there was the initial consortium of investors uh, that was not really highlighted by anybody when the deal went down. Right. Uh, Mick Dumkey, the great Mick Dumkey, my partner in crime at, at then uh, at The Reader and I, foia for the information uh, to present who the owners were. But then, you know, they sell off the different parts, uh, different pieces, you know, different investors sell off their uh, their ownership in the in the business. So we don't really know who owns it. It's the same thing. So as chairman of the finance committee, could you uh, force uh, d- developers or investors in de- these kinds of deals uh, to identify themselves before the city approves a deal? Yeah, and I think what we've seen uh, time and time again under the Emanuel administration is that's been continued where we don't know who the investors are. We don't know who's behind the scenes. We don't know who's behind the LLCs that are created, as we saw in the parking meter deal, just days before the deal went down. Um, those are things that I think are appropriate to do that they do in other cities. And that's the absurd thing with this city council is they act like this is a unique uh, democratic process here that no, nothing works differently in any other city. Mm-hmm. Um, and, it, and it does. It just basically they do business in a better way. They're doing uh, work on behalf of taxpayers instead of hurting them. Now, Scott, uh, sort of the uh, point embedded in the uh, article that Fran Spillman wrote about the alleged deal that uh, turns out you didn't cut with Lori Lightfoot uh, is that the next mayor of Chicago will continue the practice that this current mayor uh, has done and the previous mayor, and even before uh, Daly, I think Harold Washington did it as well, sort of dictating to the city council who the chairs of the different committees will be. Do you think that practice will continue under Preckwinkle uh, or Lightfoot, or do you think we'll move to a more independent city council where we'll have like a legislative body having its own uh, power to decide who its chairs are? Well, we've, we've pushed for that over the years, at least some better form of that. We're also pushing in the next uh, week for uh, more ethics rules to be passed before the new council comes in so that a lot of the shenanigans are put to rest. Um, I think 
you know, it depends on really uh, who gets elected in this runoff um, and, the t- you know, the type of people that are going to come in. Do they want to start out with a clean slate? Do they want to have um, rules that put them on par with every other citizen out there? And I think uh, a lot of people coming in want to do that. So uh, we'll see some change. And I think we'll see some of the aldermen saying that um, we do need to change up the rules of procedure and the rules of slating these committees. Uh, one of the other things about the city council that I find uh, interesting, I've been watching it for many years, I think I've mentioned this to you in passing, uh, it reminds me of sort of like the scene in a high school cafeteria where there's like different cliques of aldermen and then when, when, one, alder, when one alderman leaves, the other aldermen are still sitting there start trashing. The guy's not even out the door and they're <laughs> trashing him. It's like very juvenile at some levels. It's very like a popularity contest. Or, um, I know we can eradicate that, but um, you know, you as one of the leaders of the Progressive Caucus who are willing to vote no from time to time, uh, in the face of the mayor, Carlos, too, who was sitting here yesterday, the same thing, willing to vote no after the mayor, uh, often get criticized by the other alderman because you're like, you make them look bad when you vote no on an unpopular thing that just makes them look bad because they voted yes, okay? Yeah. So then they say bad things, oh, he thinks he's so good, he's nothing, da 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 da, da. Uh, Do you think you have sort of like the popularity uh, to win support from your colleagues in the Chicago City Council if you did want to go for something as important as finance chair? <laughs> well, I'll go on the line today and say that I think I have the respect because I've respected all of them despite the horrific votes that they've taken over the years. Um, <laughs> Wait, time out. That thought. <laughs> yeah. What a statement. I respect you despite your horrific <laughs> voting record. <laughs> uh, but no, they know, we, will, we will have arguments about those things. And they're like, look, I, I respect you voting no. I respect you standing up against the mayor. And I'll say, you know, you guys are in tough spots. You know, you're put in this position by Rahm Emanuel. If you do look what happened at the zoning committee today, uh, a real quick uh, recap. We're sitting there. Um, Alderman Kaplan is the acting chair. Mm-hmm. Um, he says, we're going to defer Lincoln Yards. And Walter Burnett and Marge Lorino stood up and basically said, no, um, we're not going to defer it. You're not the acting chair or you don't have the same power as the, uh, the sitting chairman. It's the acting uh, as acting chairman. I mean, it's kind of a arcane argument, but um, they just subverted the rules of procedure, just threw them out the window. And you look at that and you say, guys, come on. You know, have you not learned your lesson from a mayor who's basically undermined the rules of procedure, undermined what is essentially Robert's rules, uh, undermined the democratic process? Can you, as he's walking out the door, can you do the right thing? And I, I think that, that is where it's becoming very difficult to look at some people and say, you know, and with all due respect, we can't be undermining our democratic system by doing these kind of all things. All right, everybody, I'm going to explain. I'm going to take a deep. This is the first I've heard of this because I've it been It just in, happened an hour okay, ago. Okay, an hour. So. so, folks, just so you know, the zoning committee of the Chicago City Council, their approval is needed for this Lincoln Yards deal, which is a massive subsidy that's going to be handed out to develop a gentrifying neighborhood in the north side of Chicago, $1.3 billion going to be set aside in TIF money, property tax dollars. So the zoning uh, committee has to approve the deal itself because it involves zoning changes. All right. The former chairman, follow me on this, people, of the zoning committee is a gentleman by the name of Danny Solis, the alderman of the 25th Ward. Danny, I don't know where he is. Could be in witness protection. I'm not quite (laughs) sure where Danny is. Could be hiding. Let me see if he's under the table. Nope, it's not under the table there. Uh, Danny, it turns out, was wearing a wire. He was, I'm not making this up, people. This is your city. Danny was wearing a wire. He was tapping the phone. He was, tapping the, uh, he was recording conversations of 
Scotty, I hope you're not in some of those conversations. Uh, but uh, I am, but uh, well, I'm, I would think I am because I, you know, you have conversations on the council floor. I know I'm on some of them because I, I call them my, up. I think for it was the one where I yelled at him for doing the shakedown, but that was, that was <laughs> okay. That would be, what shakedown was that? Uh, it was a uh, building a new Ford dealership. Oh yeah, I remember that one. All right. So anyway, so Danny Solis had to remove himself from the scene uh, when the story broke that he, you know, he was swapping approval and zoning deals for Viagra. Viagra's expensive, folks. So you know, let's have some sympathy for the guy. All right. So he had to remove himself from the scene, and so they advanced the Chicago City Council. They advanced James Kappelman, who's the alderman from the 46th ward on the north side of Chicago. I guess he was the vice chairman of yeah. the. So he gets to be the chairman, right, under the rule. Lord knows who wrote these rules or interpret these rules, what have you. He happens to be in a very heated runoff for re-election. So the the Lincoln Yard deal is unpopular on the north side. So the cynic in me thinks, Scott, correct me if I'm wrong, that the whole thing that you just described was staged, where Kappelman wants to be able to say, I wanted to defer this thing. And here, so, I brought the rule book just in case oh, you, here's want to a, have oh, you can have an extra one. Scotty Wagsback, folks, comes in the studio with, with the city council rules of order. Scott, I hate to say it, that's very geeky of you, but I respect Sorry. that. <laughs> <laughs> so, come on, am I a cynic? Have I been around Chicago too long, Scott? Was that a setup deal where he goes, I want to defer? No, you can't. All of a sudden, two aldermen just stand up. You can't. Wait, does it say that you can defer here? Well, well they just ignored the handbook. <laughs> I'm sure they got a text message that, from Rahm Emanuel that said, do it or dot, dot, dot. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. So do you think the whole thing was uh, staged? staged? Uh, probably, yeah. <laughs> you're as cynical as I am, young man, and you're younger than I am. I've only been observing my, you know, council here for too long. Yeah, it's in 2007. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so two random aldermen stood up and told the chairman of the committee that he could not defer the matter, okay? <laughs> they just said, it was like a, a, a coup in the Chicago City Council today where just two random aldermen showed up and said, no, you can't do it. Okay. Could you imagine in the old days with Ed Burke? running finance oh. chair if someone said i'm sorry alderman burke but you don't have the authority to do what eddie, would burke eddie verdoliak would have come over and smacked him on the head <laughs> eddie verdoliak another blast yeah. so all right so uh he agreed the capelman agreed today then that yeah, they would not defer it demurred to them yeah wow. so they that they kept going so here here's the big thing with it it's a terrible plan from an urban planning perspective absolutely terrible plan mm-hmm. Uh, the TIF portion of it is a terrible plan, uh, the way the finances are set up. And um, it is not that. And we're looking, you know, we might talk about the issue of bridges and infrastructure here. If I could just mm-hmm. dive into that since you're, you got the pictures there. Yes. Should I wait? Uh, no, uh, we'll go into I just want to, uh, uh, my good friend Ed Maher was here last week. Uh, and he left these uh, pictures here of decaying bridges and the need for infrastructure. And I immediately said, all right, let's take the $1.3 billion out of Lincoln Yards and spend it uh putting people to work, rebuilding these bridges yeah. and rebuilding the infrastructure. And let's really help people in the city of Chicago instead of building some upscale palace for the well-to-do in a gentrifying area. Yeah. So the front money, the money that's fronted on this thing from taxpayers, it's, it's more for the reimbursement of um, what, what claims to be bridges and infrastructure. But there's no priority set in this whole plan to get that done. And, I, and we know that we need bridges repaired. We know we need sewers and and new roads to be fixed, um, whether they're metro bridges, highway, whatever it might be. 
But what's happened over the last several years is that we haven't had a capital plan from Springfield. Mm-hmm. We've got a new governor. They're working on a capital plan. It's more appropriate to look at the other several ways of either bonding out or looking at um, TIF reimbursement as a possibility further down the road to do a lot of these infrastructure uh, projects. But we know we need to get them done. The way they've got this particular plan set up is wrongheaded, and it doesn't guarantee that we're going to get to those bridges and those roads um, within the short time frame that they're claiming. Well, my recommendation to the Alderman of the Chicago City Council, if you're listening to me, it's not just this one little corner of the north side that's gentrifying that needs infra- infrastructure repairs. It's the whole city. The whole city. Beverly needs infrastructure repairs. Mount Greenwood needs infra- in- infrastructure repairs. Roseland, uh, Englewood, Woodlawn. Why just put it in one little corner? Let's spend it's that $1.3 billion throughout the city of Chicago. Well, and I think there will be more money to come once Governor Pritzker gets his capital plan together. They are, I know that they're working on one. I know that there's ways that we have to do matching funds. You know, obviously the president of the United States is not going to move in that direction, although he might. I think he and Pritzker are getting along a little bit. Well, they, um, they, so Trump said he wanted infrastructure repairs. Yeah. And I, I think that's a one good sign out of all the other things going on. But um do, using this TIF exclusively for this project is creating inequity in all those other neighborhoods, and that's what the aldermen don't understand, that all those other neighborhoods that you mentioned, plus you know the other 70 need, those community areas need infrastructure investment. Absolutely. And yeah. I would say, you know, we're doing a lot of development on the boundaries of that TIF area. That, mm-hmm. that area has been in a TIF for 20 years. They're going to create another 23 years for it. But we are doing development in Lincoln Park, in Bucktown, with our eyes closed. There are developers coming every day. Mm-hmm. So it is not that you need a TIF to get this stuff done because we can do it without sequestering those funds as we've done with a lot of others. And again, this goes back to the first comment that I made. We're going to need funds for these pension payments. If we keep sequestering funds, a billion here, a billion there, we're causing trouble for our ability to make those payments. Absolutely. Those are obligations you have to pay. Yes, young Dennis. Uh, hey, how's it going, guys? Uh, now, as you know, we uh, would be ending at about this time, 3 right. o'clock. But uh, since we had live stream issues, we're going to keep the show going for a little bit longer. So uh, I actually got a question, uh, one question from someone on the YouTube live chat. If uh, you guys got time for it, whenever. Go ahead. Uh, you want to do it now? Yeah, let's do it right All now. All right. Yeah. You know, that's, I guess, the uh, the difference between radio and podcasting. You know, well, we can we... just keep going if we want to. <laughs> well, we stumbled a bit. Digitally the start. savvy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you, I'm going to lock the door. Get the, make sure the Preckwinkle people don't come in here. We're going longer, all right? Dr. D's going to get an honorary doctorate one day. Watch. <laughs> from radio school. This one comes from our good buddy Pat Rod, all right? Mm-hmm. Pat Rod asks, is there anything that you two know, Scott or Ryan, uh, about the uh, meter deal that could be done, or are undone. we just stuck? Oh, like, yes. Undone. This is my favorite topic. You want to dive into it? Uh, well, I'd like to hear you on it, but... Uh, I humbly believe the meter deal, which was approved in 2008, as you said, under Mayor uh, Daley, uh, Mayor Rahm inherited it, so we cannot blame him. I'm saying that right now. I absolve Rahm of all responsibility for the original meter deal. All right? Uh, It's the original meter deal because it was reaffirmed uh, about, what was it, 2013? I'm losing track of time, Scott. Uh, So my humble opinion, uh, Rahm should have gone hard at the meter deal when he got in and tried to blow it up. Like well, he blew up he, the, te- took the teachers' pay raise away from the teachers. Yeah. If you remember that, yep. suddenly that union deal was, you know, when it's a deal with a union, oh, he, throw it out the he window. He reopened the contract. When he reopened the contract to give uh, CPM 
which is the over the umbrella company LAZ operates it when he reopened it to give them more meters throughout the city mm-hmm. and to raise the rates that's when he could have broken the deal because they agreed to essentially break the deal or modify it yeah. to the point where it put 10 million dollars a year more into their pockets yeah. it was absurd oh, absolutely absurd so 10 million more so uh, to answer it. his question are we stuck with this thing um i think we are uh, for the time being, but the, you know, we've had some good attorneys look at it and, um, you know, Tom Gagan looked at it, Clint Chrisloff, who's been fighting for, uh, labor on the healthcare side of things mm-hmm. down in, uh, at the Supreme court, those guys are on the right side of history and they've, um, they've got some good legal arguments that potentially we could go back for it. No, that's interesting. Especially now that we are almost at the point where we've, they've made all their money back. In 10, 11 years. Yeah, they're yeah. almost in the black now. I mean, yeah. so, you know, from my perspective, um, I don't know necessarily, you know, the the, pol- the politics and the tribal politics of it, except I do know that privatization costs city workers jobs. Yep. And nine times out of 10, every time we've ever done a work study, we come in way under cheaper, the, the closest private contractor. And as we saw, I don't think anybody even saw it coming when the, the parking meters privatized, but... Here we are, ten years later, and we're almost even. And what? What's the year on that? Like ninety-nine years. Yeah, or ninety-nine something? years. Yeah, seventy-five. 70, so seventy-five. Ninety-nine was the tollway. Yeah, Skyway. Excuse me. So yeah. I mean, yeah. there, yeah. there you go. I mean, so you know, I care about that because uh, I honestly believe that you know, city workers do really fine jobs, and they do it at a great price and a great rate. So I think uh, you could add on like the um, waste management contract for recycling. I know we're not going to be able to just go right back to that, but um, you brought up the issue of um, when you look at an RFP and you guys actually um, labor can do um, a proposal and they've come under in many cases better, better than the uh, privatized companies. Yeah. No, I, uh, at a better price and a better quality. My main argument uh, against privatizing uh, my main argument in using city workers is that first of all, we have a rule that they have to live in the city of Chicago. So I, I, I keep saying this, it's a direct investment in the city of Chicago. I just had this argument just today with somebody uh, on the issue of uh, firefighters. Uh, with, with Mike Flannery was saying, we sh- you know, we have too many firefighters. Uh, and I was like, well, I'll take the firefighters over the TIF deal on Lincoln Yards because yeah. firefighters live in the city of Chicago. You're, it's a direct payment into the salary of somebody who pays property taxes, sends his kids to the schools, et cetera, et cetera, more often than not, shops in the city. So that would be my argument in terms of a, a wise investment of your money uh, as opposed to allowing it to go elsewhere. Like the, yeah, Especially when they're saving Mike's, um, you know, potentially saving Mike's, uh, you know, house. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, right. Ryan's exactly. House. Uh, Mike's house. Yeah, All right. Um, Scott, before I let you go, I don't think you'll be on the show until after the uh, mayoral election of April 2nd. Do you have any uh, just predictions you want to make? Uh, we're, we're off a little bit. We got about uh, how many? 26 days. 26 days. Do you have a sense of where this is going? Um, what's your prediction, young well, man? Well, you know, Lori got the, I think she got the firefighters actually to endorse her or they're thinking about it. Um, I think they did endorse they her. Did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, that's a good uh, step for her. Um, I think it's going to be tight, but I think, uh, you know, looking forward to working with either one of these women who are going to lead this city in the next few years. And they're going to have a handful um, of issues to deal with, but um, these runoffs go fast Mm -hmm. and they've got to be prepared. And and I think taxpayers, citizens who haven't decided yet had better get on it pretty quick and 
not wait till the last minute like they did in this last election because this is um, this is the future of our city at stake. All right, very good. That's Scott Wags back, Alderman. Hey there, producer Dennis here. Thanks for finding and listening to the brand new Ben Jarofsky Show. All right, so here's how this works. The Ben Jarofsky Show live streams on the Chicago Sun-Times YouTube channel Tuesday through Friday, 1 until 3 p.m. Once the show is over, you can listen to the replay on our YouTube channel, or we throw it online for you to download by 4 p.m. Where can you download the Ben Jarofsky Show, you may be asking yourself? Well, you may be asking yourself a fantastic question. You can find previous Ben Jarofsky shows and guest interviews through several outlets. The Chicago Sun-Times online, chicago.suntimes.com. The Chicago Reader online, chicagoreader.com. And wherever else you listen to your favorite podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, pick one. Just search for The Ben Jarofsky Show, J-O-R-A, V as in victory, S-K-Y. So let's recap. Tuesday through Friday, 1 until 3 p.m., live streamed on the Chicago Sun-Times YouTube channel and downloadable by 4 at chicago.suntimes.com, chicagoreader.com, and wherever else you listen to your favorite podcast. Yes, the Ben Jarofsky Show is back. We're live and downloaded. Tell your friends and enjoy the rest of the show. If you would like to advertise with the Ben Jarofsky Show, and who wouldn't, contact Tracy Bame at publisher at chicagoreadercorp.com. We have several advertising options for your business or organization, and quite frankly, we would love nothing more than to tell our listeners all about it. Once again, that's Tracy Bame at publisher at chicagoreadercorp, that's C-O-R-P as in Paul, dot com to advertise with The Ben Jarofsky Show, The Chicago Reader, and The Chicago Sun-Times. We look forward to plugging you. Okay, well, that came out kind of weird. More of The Ben Jarofsky Show live and downloaded in moments. Right, so now that you've heard from a Lightfoot supporter, let's flip the script. Here's the 35th Ward Alderman himself, the one and only Carlos Ramirez Rosa, on why he is supporting Tony Preckwinkle. Carlos Ramirez Rosa in the studio from the 35th Ward, recently won re-election, and we have so much to talk about. He is a Tony Preckwinkle supporter, and I promised we would uh, take the dive into the Tony uh, Lori Lightfoot race, although <laughs> I was so into our conversation about national politics, uh, Carlos and I spend a lot of time talking about what the Democrats should do. So we'll get into the local issues. Uh, maybe I'll finish up with that wedge issue question I had for you, but we'll get into the Tony Lori race. Uh, Carlos has some interesting thoughts on that one. Would you, you got an update for us, young man? Yeah, real quick. It's that portion of the program where we talk to you. And yes, I'm talking to you, the Ben Jarofsky Show listener. Ben, it's time to check our social media pages here. Uh, let's give some shout outs on the Facebook page. What do you say, Ben? All right, sounds like a a good idea. Yeah, I think so too. Let's get some shout outs to some people who liked us here. Hey, Monica! <laughs> 
Oh, it's Monica Trevino. Hey, hey, yeah. our good Monica. What up, Monica? Monica recently liked the Ben Jarofsky show All right, on Facebook. Monica. There you go. Thank you very much, Monica. Also, shout outs to uh, Gabriel, uh, Kristen, Matt gave us a like. How's it going, Matt? Matt's got a profile picture there, him and his family. Cute little family there. Uh, we got Christina. Christina reached out to the Ben Jarofsky show and gave us a like. Thank you very much, Christina. Also, shout outs to Mary, Sean, Homero, Lauren, Price, Andrew, Sullivan. I mean, I can keep going here. Uh, Mike and hey, Mick Dumkey. Ah, hey, your Michael partner. Mick Dumkey, my partner in crime. From Absolutely. the hideout. Shout out to all of you. Hey, be like Monica, Gabrielle, Kristen, Matt, Christina, and the rest of them. Find the Ben Jarofsky Show Facebook page and give us a like while you're at it. Ben, spell that last name for him. J-O-R-A-V, as in victory, S-K-Y. It's a crazy last name, it am I right? crazy, man. All right, but hey, now you, have, whole life. now you have no excuse. <laughs> at Benny J Show on Twitter. And you know what? Just because... Uh, it's kind of an awesome clip. Let's just go ahead and play that clip uh, from Mayor Rahm Emanuel on Morning Joe again. Oh, I'd love to hear yeah. what Carlos has to say about this. That guy just ripping on Rahm about Chicago. Check this out, Carlos. Mayor Emanuel, you have received some, some serious pushback from activists in Chicago, folks who have been skeptical about the Chicago Police Department, folks who have been skeptical about uh, your relationship in terms of, of how you're responding to the needs of the most vulnerable in the city of Chicago. What advice would you give uh, to the 14 people on the ballot? Now, how do you think think you I mean this yeah. is interesting because no, a lot of folks wouldn't want to hear your advice but how would you think it would be best to heal heal uh, Chicago and address the divisions that define that city well here's a there's a the fundamental issue every big city has is inclusive growth when I became mayor we had the shortest school day and the shortest school year in the United States we added an hour and 15 minutes every day we added full day kindergarten to every child full day pre-k for every child and made college uh, community college free for children that gives you an education which is your passport in a 21st century where you earn what you learn and to me the way you make sure that you bring a, a city together or a country together is through the classroom and education we've added in the Chicago in my tenure four additional years of educational time than a child had only 10 years ago they did not have. And that, if you're going to succeed, is essential for every child. Universal pre-K now happens in Chicago. Universal full-day kindergarten now happens in Chicago. Uh, full-day school happens and community college is free if you get a B average for every child. And 81% of the kids that are mm -hmm. taking free community college in Chicago are the first ones in their family to go to college. And if you're going to bridge the divide, of income and income inequality or the pressure on a family it's a providing free community college to make sure that everybody has a chance at success in the future all right uh, you that can't was... say it wasn't an answer <laughs> uh carlos you heard the question and you heard mayor rom's response now what's your response you know um as puerto ricans sometimes we say bendito <laughs> bendito this is god bless him yeah. i mean yeah. um Way to stick to your talking points. Yeah. That's what I'll say. Yeah, that's what they call a classic pivot. I was just, when I heard it the second time, I was talking to Mike Flannery about this. He was at the show last night with Lori Lightfoot. We were talking about uh, the way politicians, many politicians, uh, do that pivot. You ask them a, a question A, you know, is the sky blue right now? And they go, you know, man, that's an interesting question. And when I think of blue, I think of the blues and my favorite blues song, you know, it's to talk about something else that mm -hmm. you really want to talk about to avoid the question. All right, Mayor Rahm uh, going on the road, testing uh, his brand as he heads out. Uh, all right, let's 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 just talk. Let's get right down to it. Uh, we're talking about Mayor Rahm. We'll talk about the mayor's uh, election. Lori Lightfoot was our guest at the hideout. I have to tell you, Carlos, she did a very good job. She was very convincing uh, to a lot of the voters, a lot of the people 
uh, there, and uh, she. Wait, the uh, same ones that gasped when I said everyone. <laughs> oh, touche, Carlos Ramirez. <laughs> By the way, did I tell you he was on the debate team at Whitney Young High School? Uh, I was. Yeah, he was on the debate. He was also president of the class. That's where I first saw him giving a speech. But yes, I think maybe there was some, uh, uh, same, some of the same people in the audience. Um, all right, so you've endorsed uh, Tony Preckwinkle. Uh, first, explain why you've endorsed Tony. Absolutely. So, you know, as a progressive, what I look at is policies. And over the last four years, um, I have allied myself with working class people of color that are leading grassroots movements to address the injustices that they're facing in their community. So when, uh, you know, people facing displacement and gentrification in Logan Square came together and formed with a citywide coalition, the Lift the Band on Rent Control Coalition, mm -hmm. uh, you know, I allied myself to them and said, you have a champion in the city council with me. Uh, and I've been working with Will Gazzardi to push for that issue, um, as well as building more affordable housing in communities that are facing displacement. Um, when the workers in the fight for 15 said that they wanted a $15 living wage so they could be able to make ends meet, you know, and address the issue of living paycheck to paycheck and being a working poor person. You know, I said, you have a champion and ally uh, in the Chicago City Council with me. When the Movement for Black Lives and organizations like Asada's Daughters came together and formed the No Cop Academy Coalition and said, we should spend $95 million to address public safety by investing in after school programs, job programs, education, mental health services, not a new shooting range for cops. Uh, I said, you have a champion and ally with me on the Chicago City Council. Um, when CTU and parents said, we need TIF reform, and we need to stop the practice of giving property tax dollars to luxury developers to further our displacement and instead need to move that money to our schools. I said, I'm there with you on that issue. On issue after issue after issue, Tony Preckwinkle has sided with our grassroots progressive movements. And not just that, she also has a record of doing so. So there are thousands fewer people in Cook County Jail today because of the reforms instituted by Tony Preckwinkle. There are undocumented people that can walk into clinics and they can walk into the county hospital and get quality health care because of Tony Preckwinkle and her expansion of county care. There are individuals that now know that they're not on the county's gang database because the county just passed an ordinance to get rid of that gang database, an unconstitutional practice that the ACLU has opposed. So Tony Preckwinkle has that track record. She co-founded the Progressive Caucus. She was one of five aldermen to vote against the parking meter privatization. And she was the first alderman to propose 20% affordable housing set-asides for new developments and push forward that ordinance that ultimately ended up being passed in 2003. So she has the progressive track record. She has the progressive policies. And look, I met with both, um, well, I spoke on the phone with Lori for an hour mm -hmm. prior to making my endorsement. And I met with uh, Tony. And Tony was willing to agree to lifting the ban on rent control. Lori has said that she doesn't feel that that's a conversation we should be having, taking the line of the Illinois realtors, taking the line of those big developers that are displacing families from our community. Lori Lightfoot has said that we should replace the gang database rather than erasing it. Tony Preckwinkle has sided with grassroots activists in the movement for black lives, in the movement to decriminalize our communities, and has said, we're going to get rid of the gang database when I'm mayor. Um, so I take my cues from grassroots activists on the ground that are fighting for change because I know that they are the change agents. Mm -hmm. Just like Bernie Sanders says, it's not me, us. I recognize that it has to be a grassroots movement. I take my cues from them, and they are supporting Tony Preckwinkle, not Lori Lightfoot. All right, let me just say this. You did a good job of articulating many of the uh, concerns and uh, values uh, of progressives in the city of Chicago. I have to applaud you for that. But I have to uh, disagree with you on one uh, crucial point. Uh, Tony Preckwick, I've been following her career for a long, long time, uh, has been largely uh, missing in action 
on almost all those issues uh, in relation to Mayor Rahm and his proposals over the last eight years. She's had sort of a tacit... And, and what was Lori Lightfoot doing? Helping well, well, implement just, them? We'll, we'll, we'll put Lori to the side for <laughs> And that's just, not true. Tony opposed the school closer. She came out against kind that. Kind of quietly. Could have used Tony to run for mayor in 2014. I'm not saying that Tony Preckwinkle is our progressive savior. Okay. I'm not saying that, you know, she is our... You're not saying that she was on the front me. line in I'm any of these battles. Better, but what I'm saying is, is that she has uh, adopted the demands from our grassroots movements it's championing them Lloyd Lightfoot is uh, fair enough so my point I want to make here is the, the a point I make all the time when I talk to progressives is that we've not had in the city of Chicago a uh, progressive movement with a single or even two or three leaders uh, that you could point to and say this person is the leader. This person was there in 2012 when the city of Chicago rose up against, let's just say this, the NATO summit. Mm -hmm. You know, I remember the the protest rallies uh, against Mayor Rahm's NATO summit. Uh, and I didn't see Tony Preckwinkle there. I didn't see Lori I was, Lightfoot I was there. there. I was there. Uh, I saw young Carlos there. I you was there. <laughs> yeah. I have no doubt you were there. All right. Tom Murillo. I saw Tom Murillo rage against the machine. He was there. And the nurses union was there. But I didn't see Tony Preckwinkle. I could go down the line from that first year. Those school closings, those first that first batch of school closings, there was mild criticism from Tony Preckwinkle. I did not see her standing up and denouncing them. I didn't see her at the press conferences with next to Karen Lewis fighting those... Tony, and, and most important, in 2014, when the progressive movement needed a champion to run against Rom, I didn't see Tony Preckwinkle stepping forward to do that. In fact, she stepped back you're, and you're wouldn't do that. absolutely right. Tony Preckwinkle has not been a firebrand progressive in the, in the ma manner in which, you know, Bernie Sanders has been, in the way that I have been. But the people that were there, right, me being at the, you know, anti-NATO G8 march, Karen Lewis leading the fight against charter schools, against school privatization. Guess who they're now with? And guess who they're asking you to support? They're asking you to support Tony Preckwinkle. And that's because we know from her track record that she's done some amazing progressive things. And we know from Lori's track record that she's not the progressive person that she's now posturing herself to be. She's claiming that she's anti-establishment in the same way that Donald Trump claimed that he was anti-establishment, right? Oh, I've never run for higher office. Right. Um, you know, I haven't had, you know, fundraisers with the establishment. Well, that's easy to do. Right. Because the only thing that you were doing was working as a corporate attorney and then taking appointments from Daly and from Rom. And guess what? When we look at your record from Daly and Rom, we see how you were implicit and actually helped support cops that were committing crimes. This is one of the things that I want to connect in terms of the dots. Over the last 10 plus years, police misconduct settlements have cost Chicagoans seven hundred million dollars. Mm -hmm. It's cost people like Rakia Boyd and Laquan McDonald their lives. Lloyd Lightfoot was overseeing the alleged accountability department that was supposed to be dealing with those issues, allowing police officers to either retire with their pension, allowing police officers to get away with these crimes with impunity. In context, case after case after case. So the reality here is, is that, you know, in many ways, if you look at that massive property tax increase Ron passed his first year in this past term, mm -hmm. Right, his first year, you're talking about in 2015 uh, yeah, okay, right. or 16, yeah. Lines up pretty well with the amount of money that we own in police misconduct settlements. So the question is, you know, now Lori wants to say, oh, well, you know, Tony Preckwinkle was with Joe Barrios, you know, and just Joe Barrios, Joe Barrios, Joe Barrios. <laughs> it's just like Tony Preckwinkle is not Joe Barrios, yeah. you know? She did endorse Joe but, Barrios. But, but the thing here is, but Lori, <laughs> you know, you oversaw police misconduct 
over a period of years in 2000 with the Office of Professional Standards that cost Chicago taxpayers $700 million in police misconduct settlements. Now, did you address this with uh, Lori Lightfoot when you were, had that hour-long well, conversation? Well, I'll be very honest. You know, you know, many of my conversations that I have, because one of the biggest issues that we as Chicagoans have is how are we going to meet our pension obligations while at the same time maintaining city services at the level that they're currently at or mm -hmm. potentially expanding upon them. Um, so much of my conversation had to do with revenue. And I don't know if her answer has changed, but at that point in time, she said no new taxes. Uh, but she wouldn't commit to any type of revenue, whether it be progressive. And she said that she was going to look for efficiency. So you know what that to me means? That means austerity. That means more cuts in city services. So, you know, folks now are saying, well, let's support Lori Lightfoot because she's going to drain the swamp. She's in a corporate attorney. She's a partner. Yeah. Mayor Brown, one of the leading corporate law firms in the city, she is the swamp. Yeah. <laughs> She's making millions off the swamp. And now you want a corporate attorney that has spent their last several you know, years making millions off of defending corporate power to now have the most powerful uh -huh. position in the city of Chicago? Who do you think is in her Rolodex? Who do you think has the ability to pick up the phone and call her? So that is why I'm with Tony Preckwinkle, because I know that she's going to be accountable to if she wins. And right now she's the underdog. And you know me as a progressive, I love being with an underdog. <laughs> this is not an unusual position for me to be in. But yeah. what I'll say is, you know, if she wins, it's going to be because of the fight for 15. It's going to be because of SCIU. It's going to be because of the Chicago Teachers Union. It's going to be because of the black and brown activists that have been fighting for change in the city of Chicago. The very people that created the conditions that pushed Rahm Emanuel out of office. Right. They're now the coalition that's pushing for Tony Preckwinkle. And you know what? Cranes, the Sun-Times. Oh, can I call them out? Isn't the guy that owns that partially the Sun-Times a big donor to Lori Lightfoot? Did I read that somewhere? Uh, well, the guy who fired me uh, is a big donor to uh, Tony Preckwinkle. So don't raise that argument with Drosky's me. Now biased, everyone. Now you know. <laughs> Oh, that is funny. Carlos Ramirez Rosa is getting aim. He's in the studio and he's uh, giving his reasons, his explanations uh, for uh, endorsing Lori Life. And I will say this um, you make a very strong and passionate argument, as you always do, Carlos Ramirez Rosa. Before we go to break, I'm going to say one thing for you to think about before we go to break. Sure. And that is when the moment came to stand up and challenge Rahm Emanuel, Lori Lightfoot did it. But Tony Preckwinkle did not. So I did know. So did Gary McCarthy. So did Paul Vallis. Yeah, but I mean, if you if Rahm had stayed in the race, we would not have this great champion of of uh, progressive. But where was Lori Lightfoot when CTU was creating the conditions that pushed Rahm out of office? She was there serving in his administration. A valid point there, young Carlos Ramirez Rosa is sitting in the studio. I'll tell you what. He was a debater of Whitney Young. He's really. I, say, I don't buy that argument because Gary McCarthy had the courage to take on no, Rahm Emanuel. I'm sorry. I I do buy the argument. And Troy uh, LaRavie was in the studio yesterday, uh, advanced that argument as well. He, by the way, uh, said he voted for Tony. Voted for Tony, yes. But he did advance that uh, argument. And it does mean a lot to me uh, that these candidates don't. Now, as you're pointing out, they came at it from different bases. You're right. You're absolutely correct. That's more or less what you're saying without specifically saying it. They come at it from different uh, points of view, some political ideologies, but they stood up. And in this city, in my humble opinion, uh, and I've given you credit for standing up on that Thank police you. academy vote, Thank but you. in this city, there's not enough of that. And the one qualifying issue that uh, Tony has to address is the fact that she wasn't standing up uh, to Mayor Rahm. And she was not at the front of the parade. And you're right. Lori Lightfoot was not only not at the front of the parade, she was working uh, for Rahm's administration. Uh, but at least she had the guts to run against Rahm when he was still the mayor and still pretty much 
um, the, going to be running for re-election. We're going to have more with Carlos. I can see he's dying to say something right after this. <laughs> Welcome back to the Ben Jarofsky Show. Mr. Jarofsky, man, take us home. You know, I you always play that, and I forget that you have that, and I always like that little riff. Oh, yeah, I like that. Oh, uh, yeah. Carlos Ramirez rose in the studio. He's also playing piano right now. Oh, you didn't my. Know that. I wish. <laughs> good job, Carlos. Uh, yeah, wow, he's so good, man. He learned that at Whitney Young High School. Carlos Ramirez Rosa just recently erected, elected Halderman of 35th Ward, and we've uh, having a spirit, spirited debate here about uh, the upcoming mayoral race. Uh, Carlos, let's just switch gear in the time we have left. Talk about um, uh, what could be a significant trend here uh, in the city council. Uh, On the night that you were victorious, after calling me up to say you weren't going to be victorious, (laughs) uh, you said the oligarchs would be shaking in their boots. There could be some new faces. Uh, Talk about that in the Chicago City Council. I honestly, so much joy, so much opportunity for change in the next four years. Um, You know, we in the first ward, we saw the election of Daniel Espada, a good friend of mine, a longtime community activist fighting against uh, gentrification, uh, you know, fighting against the influence of of corporations and big developers uh, on city policy, particularly around development and real estate. Uh, He trounced, you know, Alderman, uh, you know, Joe Moreno. Uh, and I think it's because people are, are are fed up of a system that's rigged, where you know those with deep pockets can cut the big campaign checks and then get whatever they want. Uh, you know, Andre Vasquez in the 40th ward taking on Pat O'Connor, uh, Ro- Rosana Rodriguez in the 33rd ward taking on uh, you know the Mel Dynasty and and finishing them off. Uh, in the 20- well, just in the in the runoff, she'll be in the she's runoff. She's in the runoff, right, yeah, she's, yeah. and mm-hmm. she got more. She got 40. I think she got 42 percent to you know Mel's 41 percent. Yeah, Mel, yeah, like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then you know we have Byron Sigcho Lopez in the 25th ward uh, who led the pack there in an open race uh, that was very hard fought. Um, and and they're democratic socialists. Um, and we have Jeanette Taylor in the 20th ward, a community activist who was a diet hunger striker, uh, you know, fighting against, uh, you know, the closure of their school there in their community. Um, so I'm proud to support all of these candidates in their runoff. We also have Rafael Yanis. Uh, he's in the 15th ward. He's not a democratic socialist, but he's endorsed by United Working Families. He's taken on uh, Raymond Lopez. He is a police officer who opposes the COP Academy and thinks that we need a holistic approach to public safety, investing in after-school programs, job programs, education, mental health services. So, um, you know, my sense is, is that we are, are really on the verge of uh, real big change in the Chicago City Council uh, with people that are going to stand up and speak valiantly uh, on their core progressive principles and take on the role that money plays at City Hall. Um, and we need more of that because as we see right now, Lincoln Yards, Sterling Bay, one of the biggest campaign contributors to Mayor Ron Manuel, you know, now on track in a very short period of time in the last final weeks that Ron Manuel has to get an 800 million giveaway in TIF money uh, to build uh, actually it's 1.3 billion. 1.3 billion. Yeah, 800 million was the first budget, and it's this, the sub- subsequent budgets that come out. It's now up to 1.3 billion. It is. It is really to me criminal. All right. right? When, when we have schools, when we have so many needs in our community, and the reality here is that you know what. Rom and his administration would tell you as well, you know, this is, um, you know, not money that we're giving them. This is kind of just their property taxes that they'll be paying on that development. We're putting it into a special pot of money that will then be used by them to build the infrastructure necessary for this development. And in the long term, it's going to be a boon for the city. The reality is, is that it's not a good deal for the taxpayers. And essentially, we're giving this, uh, you know, massive corporate welfare 
to uh, one of Rom's biggest donors, um, and our children are going to suffer as a result of it. We're actually having a press conference tomorrow with Raise Your Hand prior to the final committee uh, meeting uh, in zoning. Uh, it's going to take place tomorrow at 11. I'm really shocked that Alderman James Kappelman, who is in a runoff, is uh, you know ushering this through. Um, you know, I, I guess you just some people can't can't help themselves. I don't know. Uh, yeah, James Kappelman, 46 Ward Alderman, in a runoff. It's going to be interesting uh, if he's going to be the front man on this um, it could probably rebound against him Carlos because I think uh, that is a losing uh, issue on the north side of Chicago and uh, uh, 46 Ward is uptown uh, you talked about the Chicago City Council and the changes that could occur uh, if these uh, Democratic Socialists are elected uh, what about your role in the Chicago City Council if Tony Preckwinkle uh, is elected mayor you know in the last four years you've been the you, you had to play that role of the critic many times the lone critic yeah uh well, what would well, your role well, be quick, with speaking of the democratic socialists so we're going to form a socialist caucus uh if enough of us get elected and someone <laughs> all you need is one more yeah. and you can have two yeah. well we've got one more already with daniel Lespire. that is correct you have a, you can uh, you have know, a caucus of with, two with andre uh you know jeanette with uh rosanna with byron we could have as many as six but someone pointed out they're like you're going to be the 30 year old dean <laughs> of the Socialist Caucus. That's wild, man. Um, so, um, yeah, um, you know, when I met with Tony and, and she committed to support lifting the ban on rent control so we can stabilize rents to keep people in their homes, when she committed to removing the carve-outs from the Welcoming City Ordinance to make sure we're a true sanctuary, when she committed to erasing the gang database, when she committed to TIF reform, which, by the way, I got to beat you up on this, Ben, because if you go to Lori's website and you look at her stance on TIF reform, all she says is that she wants more transparency and accountability. Tony has committed to abolish and phase out TIF so that we return that money back to the public coffers and make sure it goes where it needs to go to fund All education. Right, Tony, now listen, but li but it's so been an, a long evolution with Tony and those TIFs, but whatever, hey. continue. By the way, Lori did come out strong against Lincoln Yards last night at the Hideout. Right. As, as, as is Tony Preckwinkle, and she actually came out against Lincoln Yards, I think, uh, the same day that Lori did. But what I'll say is that, um, you know, when Tony committed to all of uh, the progressive issues that I've been fighting for, you know, um, and and to and to and and committed to stand with our grassroots movements as we fought for these things. Um, I also made it very clear to her, you know, that just because we agree on these issues and just because I'm an endorser because of these issues does not mean that she has a rubber stamp, that I'm going to continue to be an independent progressive voice on the city council and that if she brings forward progressive revenue, uh, that I will not be supporting that. So, um, Again, I think that, you know, uh, Tony is, is someone that uh, heard that, that respected that. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that we're looking towards a, a more independent, whoever's elected, I think we're going to have a more independent council. And I think that's going to be something good for Chicago to have people asking tough questions, holding the executive to account um, and making sure that, you know, uh, we have checks and balances. I agree with you wholeheartedly on that one. I just want everybody to know Carlos Ramirez Rose is coming on my show. As long as I've had a show, uh, he'll be coming back. I know I've twist his arm to make him come back. Uh, but also, we'll have uh, we do have a lot of uh, Tony Preckwinkle people coming on. Just it just seems it's that way. Because the grassroots, man. <laughs> Stacy you, Davis Gates yeah. will be here on Friday. But we're also going to open up our airwaves to uh, Lori to Lightfoot. Support. supporting Lori Lightfoot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the following comments are those of Carlos Ramirez Rosa. Do not reflect the first group. Anyway, uh, Carlos, thanks so much for coming on. You should I bring on Andrea Zop, Deputy Mayor. She just cut a check for Lori Lightfoot. Okay, Andrea Zop, boy, I tell you, you got that last zinger in there <laughs> before he heads out the door. Tell you what, that debate coach at Whitney Young, give yourself a raise, take it out of petty cash. You did a great job with this thank guy. Thank you. Anyway, thank you very much, Carlos.
And there it was, this week's What Else Was News. Who are you voting for, Lightfoot or Preckwinkle? The Chicago mayoral runoff election is Tuesday, April 2nd. We hope you'll join us 1 until 3 p.m. Central Time, live streaming at the Chicago Sun-Times and Chicago Reader websites. The show is posted at the top of both pages, chicago.suntimes.com and chicagoreader.com, and all of our previous shows are posted at the same site for you to download. Once again, chicago.suntimes.com, chicagoreader.com. My name is Dennis, and we will literally talk to you on Tuesday. Oh,